Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Dyson. My wife, Kara, and I are the pastors of Convo Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. All right. So how's everybody doing this morning? You doing okay? Uh, last week was awesome. Then we have New Year's, all that good stuff. And now it's 2019. You made it. Good news. And uh, how many of you are believing for some, uh, some, some good stuff in your life this year? You should be. It's, uh, that's one of those like trick questions at church. Like, of course, of course we're supposed to, am I supposed to say no to that? Anyway, um, so I'm, I, I am, as my wife and I are very excited about this year. And uh, as a church, we are just over three months old. And I've stopped counting weeks now because that was a thing before. And so now we're just, we're just going to the months now because I can't, I can't keep up with the weeks. So we're now, we're three months old, and, uh, and many of you have been a part of it for about three months. Some of y'all have come in recently, and, and uh, it's super exciting, guys. We're just, it's an adventure, this thing we're doing um, called Convo Church, and my wife and I, we constantly are kind of reminiscing and looking back just over our journey and our life, and like, God, what are you doing? This is so cool that we get to be a part of this, and, and uh, to realize that a year ago, we didn't know just about everybody in this room. And so um, it's new family, it's new friends, and we're so excited to see what God's doing. And uh, we, we believe in, uh, this is a church that does believe in tracking numbers, by the way. Um, some people are like, oh, it's not about the numbers. It's not. No, it is because a person is a number, right? You're a number. You're actually more than a number. You're a person, you're a name, you're, you're a story, you're a life. And uh, so we like to track those things because it helps us know how we're doing when it comes to connecting with our city, connecting with our community. And, uh, and, I, and I wanted to say one particular number that is something that's near and dear to our heart and to our passion for who we are as a church. It has nothing to do with praising us. It has everything to do with praising God for what he's doing. But so far, um, not up to the last Sunday of last year, we've seen 111 people give their life to Jesus in the first three months. And that's awesome. That's super cool. And um, I don't know if I get follow-up questions like, oh, that's great, but how many people are being discipled, Pastor? And uh, I was like, well, if they're here, we got relationship, we're being discipled, we're all doing it uh, because discipleship's never gonna be a class, it's a journey, isn't it? And uh, I've been walking with the Lord forcibly uh, for my entire life. Uh, by choice when I was a teenager and, uh, and even more by choice now because I've realized more and more every single day that God loves me and it uh, doesn't matter what I do, I can't change that. I can't run from God. He's constantly pursuing me. He has reasons to want to like hit me over the head with the baseball bat, but he doesn't. And I'm grateful for that. He just wants to love on me and the same thing for you. And uh, so last week we did something weird. I guess it's only weird if you're in the church circle. As a, as a pastor, I started a series on the last Sunday of a year um, but I did that on purpose because I, we really believe that the way that you end a season has a lot to do with how you go into the next season of your life. And, uh, and I know kind of like the, the human nature, and I've done this before too, been so guilty, kind of like when you're like, all right, uh, you know, I'm starting Monday, that's when I'm going to start. I'm, I'm doing Whole30, starting Monday, you know. And then Monday comes, you're like, hey, next Monday, because you don't even go Tuesday, you're like, this week's gone. So <laughs> next Monday, you know, and so you're like, but when you actually do start, how many of you ever done like the, the night before binge? Anybody? Don't lie. We're in church. Don't lie. Okay. You've done the night before. Be like, tomorrow it's all about like salad and air pudding and, and water. But tonight I'm eating four dozen donuts. Okay. So, and, uh, and that's human nature. Anyway, that's okay. And sometimes we, in the more serious aspects of life, 
Uh, there, I know many people struggle with that. They're like, you know what? I do need change in my life. I, you know, there, there are things I need to change about me. There's things I need to change about my surroundings. Maybe there's things I need to change about some of my relationships. But you know what? It, it's New Year's Eve, and so we're just going to forget this ever happened. We're going to go crazy. But New Year's Day, come on, that's where things begin to change. And, uh, and, and I just think that we can do better. We can do it a little bit of a better way by realizing that how we end a season determines how we, greatly determines how we can go into the next season. And hey, whether you got that right or not, it's okay. We are in the new season. And so we're like, yeah, I wish I would have done that. Let's, let's not worry about what I uh, wish I would have, should have, could have. We're here. We're, you're alive. You made it. And some of you need to give yourself a pat on the back or a hand clap at some point in time because regardless of what last year looked like, 2019's here. It clicked over. You made it. Uh, no, no, uh, no aliens came and took over our world. No delayed Y2K happened. Do y'all remember Y2K? <laughs> Man, that was a, a high point in modern civilization time. Tell you what. Um, anyway. I always wonder, like, did we miss it by maybe like 20 years and everyone's going to forget about it? And, and the people that had the rations from, you know, the year 2000, they're still going to be good because it's still, they still have their basements filled. Anyway, okay, I digress. But so living my best life, I want you to live your best life. I want to live my best life. I don't think it should just be some cliche statement. I think it should be a goal for every single one of us because the reality is, is that there are things that you can do in your life to position you and to prepare you to live the best version of your life. Now, I will say, I'm going to go ahead and just get, get it out ahead of us now because as you, uh, anybody on Instagram in here? You can, you can confess. It's okay. Uh, I, I got two hands. I just realized the other day that I've just crested over 3,000 posts on Instagram. I don't even know how that's possible, but it happened. And uh, Facebookers still hanging on, so you just can't. You just can't let go. You just can't. You want to. You just, but you just can't. It's okay. We're, we're trying to redeem those things. You can always use those. By the way, check in on Facebook while you're here. Say, hey, I'm at Combo Church. Take a selfie with somebody. Say, you know, too blessed to be stressed, and then post that. And uh, all those things. You don't have to, but do post. Anyway, so um, it doesn't take long once you get over into a new year to see all of the, the energetic exercise posts and the energetic, here's a list of the 15 books I'm gonna read in the next three weeks that are gonna change my life. And I wanna, it, it just gets me, it gets me going just a little bit because I wanna grab people in, in, in a very loving, soft, compassionate, shaking them way, just be like, those books are never gonna do for you anything until you decide what's up here and what's in here need to change first. And uh, because we can self-help our, ourselves to death but for many of us, what we have surrounded ourselves with and even the people that we have surrounded ourselves with are either going to complement life in you or it's going to multiply toxicity inside of you. And so, and so I know sometimes we don't want to talk about touching our friendships and our, our relationships because it gets too close to home. But if we really want to be the version of us that God created us to be with all the potential, with all the opportunity, with all the ability to see amazing things happen, have amazing marriages and friendships, to raise amazing children, to, to have businesses and to have things go on around us that, that actually feed joy into our lives, there are things that have to shift and change. Can I get an amen from somebody on that? Okay, thank you very much. In 2019, I have a goal that y'all are gonna talk to me more while I preach. Anyway, <clears throat> a man can dream. Anyway, okay, uh, so, so I wanna hit on that today. Uh, we're gonna talk living my best life. 
Uh, next week, by the way, here's a plug, but it connects. Next week, I'm real excited about this. We have our crew Sunday is next week. Now, if, for me, there's only, there's only limited, so you would have just gotten out of your seat and cheered if you knew what it was. That's why I want to tell you what it is so you can be more excited, <laughs> so you can be more excited about it. For us, our crew, that's, that's our small groups. If you're from a church background, uh, it's been called one of a thousand different things, depending on your church, a life group, a connect group, a small group, a this group, a that group. So we're going to call it something else. We're calling it crews because, you know, what? when I was growing up, I had a crew. I had people that I hung with. I had people that were my friends. They were the ones I spent time with. They were the ones that shaped and molded a lot of who I was, sometimes good, sometimes maybe not so good. But we're, gonna, we're doing crews, and we're launching them next week. I think we have, I think, nine different crews. And we're, after church, we're setting up tables, and I'm putting a lot of pressure on each one of our crew leaders uh, to, like, to make their table good. And I said it's not a competition, but it's totally a competition to see who can you know, recruit. But we're going to have stuff for guys, stuff for ladies. We're going to have stuff for couples, stuff for people, all kinds of people. And, uh, and something that I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a preview uh, and it's only a preview because I don't have it all. We don't have it all worked out yet. And uh, it's not happening next week, but very soon and shortly down the pike, like definitely within the first quarter of this year, we're going to start taking some steps and launching Convo Youth for middle schoolers and high schoolers. Super pumped about that. And so just kind of keep your ears open because that's going to happen as well. And, um, and then right after church, if you're a guest with us today or maybe you've been new within the last month or so, we have something called Engage. Uh, Engage is where you get to become a part of hear who we are. You get to meet me and my wife, hear more about the church, what we believe, what we're for, what we're about. And so Engage is right after our service today. It's only about 30 minutes. We provide childcare, so you don't have to worry about any of that, and you'll still be out in plenty of time to go get lunch before your ribs begin to eat your stomach or vice versa, anything like that. So make sure you, you hang out afterwards for that. Um, usually I say that first, but I got really distracted with, with doing stuff. Is that Okay. All right, because this is the first Sunday of the year, so I'm a little bit amped up today, and uh, we're having a good time. All right, so re uh, turn with me. We're going to go to, uh, in the New Testament, to the book of Acts, and, uh, and I want to start, we're going to read a couple of verses here in chapter 2 of the book of Acts. If you're taking notes, we always encourage everybody to take notes. Um, you can find it on the, the YouVersion Bible app if you don't have a Bible. That's totally okay. Uh, and we'll even have some of the verses up on the screen behind me as well. So let me read this to you. We're going to start in verse 40. And to give you some context, this is when the church as we know it actually came to be. Uh, prior, to, prior to this moment, there was uh, the nation of Israel there were the, the Jewish people and God was interacting and operating through the nation of Israel. And then we see uh, Jesus shows up on the scene and uh, we just celebrated Christmas, right? So we got little baby Jesus shows up on the scene. Jesus lives for approximately 33 years or so on earth, has his own earthly ministry, does amazing things. And whole, the whole purpose of his earthly ministry was yes, to bring salvation to the, to the world, but also to launch something called the church that would be you and me, Crazy enough, I don't know why he put it in our hands, but he has a plan. He put it in our hands and started the church so that his message about who he is and the relationship God desires to have with people could be spread throughout the entire world. Not just one people group, not just one area, not just one race, not just one ethnic, uh, ethnicity or even uh, economic class, but the whole world can know about Jesus. 
And so this is where uh, the churches started. Uh, they were in an upper room. The people that were Jesus' disciples, the Holy Spirit showed up. It got crazy. And they, even the party began to spill out into the streets. People started gathering around, wondering what the heck's going on. Peter gets up. One of Jesus' uh, disciples gets up and begins to talk. And it says in verse 40, Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners to save yourself from this crooked generation. And those who believed what Peter uh, believe what Peter said, were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. That was a great day. That's a good launch. That's solid, 3,000, okay. Uh, verse 42, it says, all the believers, say all. all. That's an important word because it lets you know that it wasn't limited to a certain group of people. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day and they met in their homes for the Lord's Supper and shared, uh, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Each day, the Lord added to their fellowship, to their numbers, those who were being saved." All right, now help me out. We need, I want to introduce the title of this message uh, today. And so if you can just turn, you get to pick who it is, but turn to somebody on your left or your right, your choice, and it won't offend the person next to you. It's okay. Look at them and say, this is my crew. crew. All right, let me try this group over here. Say, this is my crew. Okay, that, they were way better. They were way better than... No offense, that's true. They did have practice. It was complicated. I understand. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I remember as a teenager, I was at, a, at this youth conference and, uh, and this, this lady got up who, and was speaking. Her name was Jeannie Mayo. And, uh, and she was talking about the power of friendships. She was talking about the power of the people that you surround yourself with and and, uh, and, and it's very easy to say, well, okay, that's, that definitely applies to teenagers. And, but you know what? It really doesn't change a whole lot when we get older. It's still just as important for us to realize that the importance of who we surround ourselves with. And she got up there and with such great passion, she began to talk about how important it is to surround yourself with people who are going to be going in the same direction that God is trying to take your life. And it wasn't this message about only get around clean, you know, perfect Christian people and reject all the other dirty, godless sinner people. It wasn't like that. Because here's the deal. I've seen so many churches taken and twisted that way where what church is supposed to be is this place where all the, all the saints gather so that we can, you know, cleanse ourselves from all the dirt of being around the dirty sinners all week. And, and, and church can make us all better. And then we get to go out and just put up with all the people uh, so that, until we can, you know, barely make it back to church and be cleansed again. And I'm like, that's so stupid. That's so ridiculous. Because number one, none of us are clean. None of us are perfect. And so if that's the case, then we shouldn't be hanging out with anybody. But God does want people in our lives. And there are different aspects of relationships that God wants to put in our lives to help different aspects of our life. You know, there, there, there are friends that are born into your life. There's a word for that. It's called family. <laughs> you don't always get to choose that. But there's a purpose in that too. There are, there are people that you get paid to be around. That's called a job. You can kind of choose that a little bit, but you don't necessarily get to choose your supporting cast. You just get to kind of sort of choose where the paycheck comes from. 
But then there, there, are, there are people that you can surround yourself with that actually have something to do with your purpose, that have something to do with your passions, that have something to do with why you were created, and has something to do with even, it's, it's beyond just the normal constraints of life and humanity. And those are the people that you wanna definitely be deliberate about when it comes to who you surround yourself with. And so when, and I wanna, I wanna kinda bring that phrase to us the same way it was brought to me as a teenager. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. And I don't know if maybe for some people you hear that and it sounds kinda a little bit like that or if it sounds relieving. I, I don't know how you would take it, but my, my desire is that it would be communicated in a way that actually brings some hope and life to you. And, uh, and for me, there was, it was definitely that way because after hearing that, I was, uh, some, I didn't, maybe sometimes didn't feel blessed in this situation growing up all the time, but I was born and raised in the church. I was a PK, which is, you know, short for, I was a pastor's kid. You know, my, my parents served as, as pastors in a church for, for many years, and they're, they're still in the exact same church today that they got saved in before I was born. My parents were, were partiers, and they had a radical encounter with the love and the grace of God. They got saved as a part of this, uh, ironically, this brand new little church that was starting up, and and uh, they didn't know anything about that. And, and all of a sudden they started coming, their life was changed and they raised their family in this church. And then all of a sudden they see themselves being, you know, leading within this church. And all of a sudden now they're pastoring people in this church and I'm raised in this environment. That's all I knew. And uh, so I, you know, sometimes when I share stories with people and, and I get to hear some of the backgrounds of, of people that did not grow up that way, I, I actually, I don't know if this is weird or not, I actually love it. I love those stories. I'm intrigued, not because I'm jealous, because I hear some of the things that you've had to walk through and some of the things that you've had to come out of that weren't necessarily your choice, but it's just where you were, it's where you were born, is how you were raised, and, and by the grace of God, you've been, you've been brought out of some of those things, and maybe some of you still working on it. It's okay. So, but for me, I was, I was a church kid that just, that's what I thought it was all about. I thought it was normal. I thought everybody knew what this whole church thing was, and so as I got older and I begin to uh, get more involved in playing sports and athletics and begin to hang out with a lot more people that were, uh, that, that was my world. That's what I wanted to be a part of. Those became some of the dreams that I had as a teenager. And, uh, and so I grew up even going, not only just being a church kid, have grace for me, I also grew up for the most part just being in Christian schools. And so, you know, I had a, it, it was, uh, I was that kid anyway. Um, but I remember like getting ready to go into high school and, uh, and I remember telling my dad, and I was like, dad, I don't, think if I continue to play like basketball in this particular environment that it's really going to open up because let's it wasn't hmm, how do I say this it wasn't the highest caliber of athletic discipline and training on display in that particular environment uh, it was, okay, anyway, I'll stop with that. Anyway, so I'm like, if I, if I do have any hoop dream aspirations of trying to play college ball, I'm probably gonna have to get into a different environment that's gonna challenge me more and help me get better. And so we decided to take the leap for me being in a, a small little Christian school where I had about nine people in my class to uh, this public school in my city that had about 3,000 students in the high school. And, and I remember going to school that very first day I, I realized as I walked in the door, nervous as all get out, and I uh, didn't even know, like, I'm like, I don't, it says my first class is an F-14. What, is, what does that mean? Is that a, that's an airplane, an F-14. And, uh, and I realized walking, I was like, there's one person in this school that I know. 
And I'm a freshman and she's a junior, so I'm probably never even gonna see her. I know nobody in the school, I was terrified. But I got into that world and as soon as you get in, you guys know, when you get into a certain world that's filled with an interest, then you begin to build relationships based on that interest. And, and so coming into that year, that was the year coming in that I had just really gotten serious about giving my life to Jesus. And I grew up in church, but eventually you have to make your own choice. You can't just ride on the coattails of your parents or your grandparents or, or somebody else. You know, you have to make a choice. You know what, I, I'm gonna choose to serve the Lord because of my faith. And I had just really done that coming into that year and, and, so, and, I, and I was fired up. And so, and maybe a little bit too much because I wasn't coming in with a whole lot of grace. I was coming in like, man, I know the Bible. Man, I love Jesus, Jesus saved me. Man, you bunch of, you bunch of sinners over there is what y'all are. I've come a long ways, thank you, a lot of grace. But uh, I remember being in this environment and so, and I started to hang out with a, with more uh, with a different group of people that I had before and I realized that they were going a different direction with their life than I had been going. And it had never been so clear or vivid in my life before this moment. There are people, wow, that are living so different from how I feel a conviction in my heart that I need to live. And so, man, what do I do with this? And I'm, that's why I'm excited about Convo Youth because that will give us the opportunity to speak into young people as they are also going into this season of life. Like, what do I do when I'm in this environment and everyone's doing this and everyone's doing that and they're saying this and, and, and I feel like I should be doing that too because they're doing it, but there's something inside of me that feels like that's not who I am. I don't, I'm not supposed to, and helping teenagers navigate that thing. But I also realize that there's also adults, like we're real people too, right? We, can, we go to work, you clock in, and guess what? There's people hanging around talking about what they did and, and inviting you to come be a part of stuff. And, and maybe it's not a big deal, but maybe there's something inside of you that feels like it's in, in disconnect with what everybody else is doing and how everybody else is living. And, and you're beginning to see, like there was, I remember a couple of guys that were really close friends of mine and they were some of the best athletes in our school. They were playing, they were the captains of multiple teams in our school and for their junior year already had multiple offers and scholarships to big name schools. And by the time they graduated high school, I'll take that back, one of them graduated, the other one didn't. Uh, but by the time they were done with that season of life, they had both lost every single scholarship offer. They had lost every letter of, of reception to any college they were trying to get into. Why? Because they made some choices. And it was so sad to watch. And I remember going back years, years, and years later and, uh, to, to my hometown and, uh, and, and went to this church function and afterwards went to Applebee's because that's back in Virginia, that's pretty much what you did. Or Waffle House. I don't know if y'all know anything about that, and that's okay. Um, just remember smothering and covered when you get your hash browns. Uh, but I remember going to Applebee's and I looked up and, and this guy's like, hey, can I, get you, what, what, can I get you to drink? And I looked up and there's my friend. And it was my friend that had, uh, that had all the scholarship offers and, and all the opportunity and all the potential and, and, and all legitimacy could have been a professional athlete in a couple of different sports. And, 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 I, and I don't say this disparagingly at all. Like if there's somebody who's like, hey, I work at Applebee's, what are you trying to say? No, that's not my point. My point was, is that he was in a place that was the only thing left for him because of choices that he made that removed him from what was potential in his life. That's all I'm trying to say with that particular connection. And it was sad for me in that moment, tried to reconnect with him. And, and he was like, yeah, man, you know, it's been, you know, I kind of had a couple of rough spots and it turns out he had done a little bit of time in prison and for some drug possession. And he has a couple of kids that he's not even in their life. And, I'm, and, and just his life went a different direction. And I knew that I was like, you know what? I'm really not that good of a person. It's only by the grace of God for whatever reason that I did not also stay with that crowd and move in that direction. And that, that, and that, that phrase just came back into my mind, show me your friends and I will show you your future. 
You're like, well, does that mean I need to find perfect people? No, no, not at all. Um, there's only one perfect, that's Jesus. Other than that, we're all just, we're all just following, right? We're, all fo- we're just trying to follow Jesus. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to, we're trying to do life. We're trying to figure out the, every single day we wake up, we have decisions in front of us, right? Man, I, how, do I, how do I handle this today? How do I handle this situation with my neighbor? They just won't stop. How do I handle this situation with my spouse? We haven't talked in a couple of days. How do I handle this situation with my kids? Um, I, I wanna sell them. That's, tor- that's terrible. I can't even say that. Uh, how, do I, how do I lead them and love them as a parent? Uh, you know, you, there's, there's all these things that are gonna face us relationally, no matter who we are, no matter where we're from, no matter what our story is. We all have choices we need to make about relationships. So when we look at Acts chapter two, what we notice is that uh, it doesn't talk about necessarily the type of people that came together. It doesn't say the color of their skin. It doesn't say their language. It doesn't say how much money that they had individually. It doesn't say anything. All it says is that there were disciples of Jesus who had come together and who were praying to receive what Jesus had said that he wanted to give them. And so they had really one thing in common, and that was a relationship with Jesus. And so the the Holy Spirit does show up and it fills them with the Holy Spirit and they're speaking in other languages and in other tongues and and it says they they literally, the party spilled out from the upper room out into the streets and people were like, what the heck is going on? And what was crazy is that this was a, 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 uh, around the the time of Pentecost and so where, excuse me, I thought I was gonna cough there, where where Jews from all over the known world were coming back in a pilgrimage to to be a part of this festival in Jerusalem. And so there are people from all different uh, uh, nations of the world that were there that spoke all different languages. And it says before that passage we read that everybody could hear their language or God being glorified in their language. And so that got some people's attention. So crowds began to gather. And so finally, Peter gets up and and literally preaches the gospel to this crowd. And where we pick up is where about 3,000 of them were added to that community, that church, that very day. Now, here's the cool thing. This is a little sidetrack, but I think it's important to know, is that those 3,000 people, not all of them were locals. Many of them, the very first day the church ever started, went out as missionaries of the gospel on that very first day because they had to go back to their people, back to their nations, back to their communities. But what we do see happening is that uh, a group of people that at one point didn't know each other, didn't have anything in common, all of a sudden they were unified by the commonality that God loves me, God saved me, God has a purpose for my life, God has a plan for me that's good, pleasing, and perfect. He wants to bless my life. And now there are all these people that are now together and like, okay, now what do we do? And a community had to form that was going to champion that purpose. And now we have the church. That's what the church is supposed to be. The church is supposed to be a, a hospital for the broken to come in and to know who God is, to find out just how much God loves them, to receive wholeness, to receive healing, but also to build community with other like-minded people that have that same thing in common so that we can be people that are inspiring each other in our purpose, that we are encouraging each other in our life, that we're building each other up in our faith. That's what church is supposed to be. And if we're not intentional about that, then what church becomes is it becomes religious. It becomes a tradition. It becomes uh, something that you have to check a box. It becomes a way that you walk. It becomes a way that you have to talk. We have our own little Christianese language. That's how we talk to each other. Hello, brother, how art thou? Are you fully blessed this day? <laughs> Blessings upon thee. You know, we, have, we begin to talk weird. 
Why? Because we, we've gotten away from what the original purpose was and we've had to make up some reason and some commonality. And so we make up different commonalities to keep us together that miss the purpose of the original commonality, which was relationship based around Jesus Christ. And that it's not an exclusive club. It's not an exclusive club. That's another thing that breaks down when we, when we miss our original purpose, is that instead of it becoming ex or inclusive for that all who would hear, that anyone who would hear the message of the Lord would come, that no matter who you are, where you come from, the church is a place that welcomes everybody. That's why we have a sign when you come in that says, welcome home, because we want this to be a home where people can feel welcome and come together and be encouraged, because you have your own families. You have your own circles of friends. You have your own coworkers. There are, there are lives taking place in this room that I have nothing, I know nothing about, and that I don't need to know anything about, but I know that at least once a week, we have the chance to come together and say, I don't know what this this week was like for you? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it ugly? I don't know whether you're celebrating or whether you're coming in clawing. Bailey, you're barely hanging on. I don't know, but why don't we do this? Let's worship God together. Let's open up the word of God and see what it says. Let's get encouraged. Let's get inspired. Let's get built up. Let's get healed. Let's get whole. Let's get healthy. And let's go back out and not do church. Let's go out and be church to the city around us. It gets weird when we try to make it something that is exclusive. And, and it gets very unfortunate because for us to make something exclusive means that we have to put together our own little set of rules and regulations for how you fit in and all you don't fit in. And so you don't, you're not there yet. You can't be a part of us. And so I, I just never, ever was able to find those things in Scripture that justified that type of, that type of action. The early church had to devote themselves to certain things in order to build that community where they could inspire and encourage and build each other up in the name of Jesus. They, 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 uh, they dedicated themselves to Bible teaching. Uh, they dedicated themselves to, to fellowship with other Jesus followers. And, uh, and I want to encourage you today, if you're here today, you're like, uh, you're saying stuff like Jesus follower, or you're saying stuff I don't fully understand. I don't even know if I believe this stuff. That's okay. Like, this is actually part of how we design Convo Church is so that this could be a place where everyone's welcome and where you could belong even before you believe. You don't have to have a punch card that lets us know when you walk in the front door that you have everything figured out. Uh, we don't have everything figured out, but we have a few things figured out. And I think the things that we do have figured out are the things that will bring us together are the things that give us hope, that give us purpose, that give us encouragement about life, even when we don't have everything figured out. But they dedicated themselves together. They also dedicated themselves to hospitality. They were in each other's homes. They dedicated themselves to generosity. Uh, the early church was not like it is today. They, they, didn't, they didn't meet in schools. They, they were still a part, very much a part of the, the Jewish traditions and customs, which is why every day they would still continue to go to the temple as they would if they were still uh, following uh, Jewish law. But eventually, because of their faith in Jesus, they were persecuted and rejected by that. And so they had to remove themselves from that and begin to meet in people's homes until they begin to spread. And, and over the time, we've been able to, there have been different nations and different laws and different kingdoms. And I'm so grateful that we live in a place where we have the freedom to, to rent out a public high school and come in and set it up and talk about Jesus. Because during the week, maybe there's not the freedom in here to, to say the name of Jesus, but today there is. And it's because we live in a, a flawed yet blessed country where we have the freedom to do that. And, and I'm grateful for that because I just watched a video recently where it was kind of depicting some of the things going on in the underground church in China. And it, 
It humbles me so much. It actually kind of kicks me in the face a little bit because I'm like, man, I'm a wuss when it comes to my faith in Christ compared to those that literally, they're, they're people that have to walk miles and miles and they have to go this way and backtrack and go different places to sneak into a little room where they're gonna have church because if they get caught, they can be arrested, they can be persecuted, they can be killed, they can be martyred. And I was like, man, that, I just don't, I don't even know what that means when it comes to our context in America. But the reality is, is that God is building a community of people that will, uh, that will uh, what's the word I'm looking for, that will illuminate your purpose, but will encourage the person next to you in their purpose. I love that so much. There's, a, there's another scripture in, uh, in the Old Testament. It's in Amos. Uh, yes, that's a book in the Bible, believe it or not. Amos is not just my cousin back in the country. Amos 3.3, check this out. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Can two people truly walk together without agreeing on the direction? There's, there's another uh, proverb in scripture that talks about how uh, not, not being unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, this is what that means because this was a very agricultural society. So imagine two oxen to be equally yoked. They would need to be oxen that were of pretty much the same size, the same health, and of the same strength because they would yoke the two of them together. Well, you know, those really cool wooden plow looking things. And if one was stronger than the other, then the, other, the, the, the plow would go off course. It would go in the wrong direction of what it was supposed to go. If, if one was weaker than the other, then again, it would, it would affect the direction of where they were supposed to be going. And it creates such a beautiful picture of our own lives that when it comes to the most, I'm not talking all friendships, because we have to be associated with and loving people that don't know Jesus. That's the whole message of the gospel. That's what Jesus did. He came into the world, a world that rejected him, went to the cross and died, but he did it because he loved us to bring us into a new place of salvation and hope. So we still need to be able to do that for the world around us. But when it comes to the people that are going to walk with you in your purpose, you better be careful to position yourself with individuals who are gonna help you walk the path that God has put in front of you. Because if you don't, you're gonna have a hard time keeping it straight because someone, whether intentionally or unintentionally, is gonna pull you off to one side or the other. And we don't wanna see that happen. We wanna see people continue to grow. Next Sunday, um, as we already talked about, we launch, we launch our cruise. And, uh, and again, something we're very excited about because we feel like you, there's no way in the world, even a church our size, we're a small church, we're just getting started. But even in this size, like there's still no way that you can get to know everybody here on a Sunday, right? Like we, we come in, we're throwing coffee in our face, you know, we're sitting in our chair, we're like, Okay, we're worshiping. Okay, what's going on? Don't you know what's happening? God help me. And uh, we're preaching the word. We're 60 second convoing. We're shaking hands. We're sanitizing our hands. We're doing all types of things. And then it's over and, and, and maybe we get to talk to a few people and then we go home. And, uh, and where that's a, that's a part of community, it's definitely not the whole thing. And so for us to be able to create that environment where we, can, where we can get people, whether it's gathering in somebody's home or meeting at a coffee shop or whatever it may be, it's super exciting for us to do that because there are people in this room that you don't even really know them that well yet or maybe even at all, but they could very well be a key to unlocking something that God wants to do in your life. God wants to do something special in you and he wants to do it not just through your relationship with God, but by the people that he brings into your life. 
And so, man, I'm, I'm, I'm unapologetic about the fact that we want Combo Church to be a, a large, dynamic, influential church in our region, not for the sake of size and not for the sake of, of big buildings and stuff like that, but because I know if the research is true, on any given Sunday, there's about 75 to 80% of our city that is at home, not connecting to community, that is pointing them in their purpose towards a relationship with God. That tells me that we have work to do. We didn't start a church so we could create a Christian club. We started a church so that we could bring people together under the name of Jesus. We started a church so that people could really, for the first time maybe, begin to experience the love and the grace of God in a way that they never have before. So that we could create an environment that wasn't filled with religion, but it's filled with relationship. That's why we're doing this. That's why we would hope on a morning where it's a little bit snowy outside and some people are afraid to drive that you would still show up. And you did. You guys are amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, babe, go ahead and come up and, and uh, hop on the keys for me. We want to wrap this up. My prayer today is that we not allow the lie of isolation to get into our hearts and our minds when it comes to our own life. And, and I'll, I'll say that to those that, that really don't have a relationship with God just as much as to those that do have a relationship with God because I can't tell you how many times I've heard and, and, and guys, not to single you out because it's not just you, but I've heard more and more from men that say, I don't need church to have a relationship with God. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I can, I can give you that to have a relationship with God, but the whole point of having a relationship with God is to also have a relationship with his people because God didn't put you on this planet to live in isolation and just have you know, a relationship with, with God and, and no one else. Man, that, that's, I mean, God's great, but that's boring. And I think God would agree with me on that one. God puts you here because there are people that need you. And for the sake of you know, maybe not trying to step on toes too hard, there's nothing more self-centered than to remove yourself from relationship with other people because you have insecurities about being yourself around other people. You need a safe place, I get that. And my prayer is that we would be able to create a safe place here that's at least a starting point. It's not gonna be perfect, there will, I can guarantee you, I can almost promise you, I don't want to, but I can almost promise you that at some point in time, if it hasn't happened already, somebody in this room could possibly, potentially, rub you the wrong way. Hopefully it's not me, I'll do my best, but I still, I can't make any promises. Why, because I'm a person, there's a chance where you may be looking for, for an interaction with me and I might walk right past you accidentally because I'm like, oh, I, I forgot something that I need to say when I'm doing this thing, I need to go. You know, and there's always the chance for offense. There's always the chance for somebody to rub you the wrong way. So church is never gonna be, uh, never gonna be void of that. Maybe you came from a church where you were offended and you didn't like how somebody treated you. Man, I hate to tell you this, but there's a chance that's gonna happen here. But my hope is that it won't happen intentionally, right? My hope is that this will be a place where relationship is strong enough and important enough to even when we do have those moments of, of, of you know, iron sharpening iron, that we're still able to say, hey man, that, I don't know if you, you probably didn't mean anything by this, but you kind of like, kind of hurt me a little bit when you said that thing the other day. You kind of like looked at me a certain way and nine times out of 10, like, I don't even know that, I didn't even realize that but we want a safe community. We want a safe environment where people can grow, yes, with God, but also grow in a relationship with each other. It's so important. Here's my last verse, and I'm gonna pray for you. In Ecclesiastes, in the Old Testament, it says in, verse, in chapter four, 
Um, this is uh, Solomon writing these. And in Ecclesiastes, if you read more of it, there's you kind of feel like Solomon needs a little bit of a counseling session because he sounds a little bit depressed in what he's talking about. But it says, uh, I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. And this is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asked himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It's, it is all so meaningless and depressing. Gee, Solomon, gosh. And then he goes on to say this, and this is where the wisdom comes in right here. Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But if, if someone who falls alone is in real trouble, or someone who falls alone is in real trouble, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. I wanna pray for you this morning. And my prayer, my hope, is that as we go into this year, living my best life, that we wanna make our best life be a lot about what we are connecting ourselves, or who we are connecting ourselves to. And some of y'all maybe have some choices to make. I know that in this room, there's people that be like, I, you know, I've had some really close friends and they are, they're going in a different direction than I'm going. And, uh, and, and, I, and I'm gonna pray for you because I want God to give you wisdom because here's the deal, you can either handle that in a way that pushes people away, or you can handle it in a way that demonstrates the love and the grace of God, that actually helps them see the purpose and what's happening in your life. And they've got a choice, but maybe you were at the very least able to give them an opportunity to be a part of that direction. We don't wanna shun people off because they don't agree with us, but we do need to be wise in the, in the direction that we take our life and the relationships that we surround ourselves with. Thanks again for listening to the Convo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message, do us a favor. Subscribe to this podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and share our podcast with your family, friends, and team members. If you live in the Reno area, come and be a part of Convo Church. Check us out on convochurch.com and follow us on social media at Convo Church. We'll see you next time here on the Convo Church Podcast.